You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 145. Is the iOS a fad? And then later in the show, David and I discuss ethics. Tech fan number 145, I'm Tim Robertson. He is David Cohen, having Skype issues on one of our ends, David. Yep. This is the uh, third it's, time. <laughs> it's unfortunately, it's one of those things, though, that you can't really troubleshoot. All you can do is reboot and hope for the best. Yep, that's exactly. I rebooted my computer, but my Skype did crash the first time I tried to launch it this morning. So could be on my end, could be on your end. We'll probably never know. Nope. Until you drop off again, in which case we'll, <laughs> we'll try it again. Yeah. So uh, I don't know how the weather is there, David, but here I am buried in snow. We've got uh-huh. potentially another foot come in between now and this time tomorrow, or tomorrow night, I should say, and uh, sub-zero, sub-zero temperatures. So it's it's not polite weather. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here it's, it's in, in some respects, you kind of know what you're dealing with with that. Here it's that horrible thing where it's cold enough that you can't go out without a coat. It's not bitter cold. We don't really often get that bitter cold here. But it's cold, miserable. You know, everything is always saturated with water from condensation outside. Ugh. And um, there's normally a bit of wind, just enough wind blowing to annoy you. And then when it rains, that dries the rain. Uh, and we get a lot of rain here. In some ways, I... I dislike rain more than i dislike snow because stand out in the rain you get saturated wet very quickly whereas at least with the snow you can kind of cover up for it so um that's kind of what it is here today and we've had a lot of storms so um a lot of people are flooded out at the moment uh, particularly on the coasts from storm surge hmm. i've been uh reading a book on my kindle white my kindle not my kindle white my kindle paper white yep it's called The 100-Year-Old Man Who Climbed Out a Window and Disappeared. That, that's a title. No, you don't need to read the book. It pretty much tells you the story right there. No, it doesn't. It, it's really, um, I like the style. It's a little different. And uh, it's actually a really engaging story. I'm about 40% through right now. Yeah, the story takes place in 2005-ish, I believe. That's when he turns 100 years old. And he lives in a nursing home, and he climbs out a window right before they're going to have a birthday party for him. And that's where the adventure begins. And uh, it flashes back through different parts of his life. And uh, it's, it's, it's fun. It's a fun read. I'm really yeah. enjoying it. So if anybody's looking for something new to read, that's what I'm reading. I'm not quite halfway through yet, but I'm really enjoying it. And I think, I think most people would enjoy it, David. I like to throw little things like that out occasionally, you know? Okay. Yeah, but it's a good book. I'm enjoying it. 
Yeah, translation from Swedish. I I can see here. Is it? It's a yeah. Wow. Maybe that's why it's, it seems a little different when I, as I'm reading it. It's uh, mm. the prose is is different to me. Yeah, that's probably why. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm really liking it, and I know that it takes place uh, not in the United States, um, because it uses some cities that I don't know. A few that I do, but there's a lot of little things in there that I'm like, I don't know what that is, but uh, uh, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, like I said, though, I like to throw little things out there that people, I think people would enjoy. And uh, that's what I'm reading. Hopefully other people might pick it up and enjoy it as well. Cool. It's the, one of those things that was 99 cents on the Kindle store. Yeah. I mean, you can't really yeah, go wrong with 99 cents. Yeah, kind of promotional stuff. Yeah, no. I think a lot of that though is it's these Kindle books that are normally five six bucks. They put on sale for ninety nine cent for a couple of days. A lot of people buy it, so they make up in volume. And then those people tweet about it, Facebook about it, talk about it on a podcast, and that spurs sales again. Well, that I mean, this particular book is I see on here on Amazon is exceptionally well reviewed. So yeah, I wouldn't uh, be surprised. No, I didn't. I don't. I might have read the reviews. I don't remember. Usually, I'll re- I, mean, I will re- read a review here or there if it's not a free book. Yeah, but it, it's always good when they um, when they put on sale stuff that's just not like shovelware, but actually is decent stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I wanted to talk about something that has been kind of niggling at the back of my mind for a little while now. And as you know, David, I've, I'm part of the Google Plus My Mac podcast group. Yeah. Uh, guy started that. Guy Searle started that over a year ago, and added me as an admin to the group. I was like, okay. And uh, I don't discuss a whole lot there because obviously my my time was limited. Mm-hmm. But I have been keeping up with it recently, and one of the things that kind of piqued my interest was a post from someone basically saying yeah i don't think i that ios is that important to me right and i started thinking about this a little bit more and i mean the topic isn't isn't is ios important to this person or not i i could care less yeah but it did start making me wonder a little bit and i want to get your take on this we've assumed that Apple is moving to a model where iOS basically eats up the Mac OS over time, right? Mm-hmm. What if iOS is just a fad? What if uh, iOS is just one of those things that is really important to Apple right now because it's extremely popular? And I don't have to remind you, David, that anything that's extremely popular right now won't be extremely popular tomorrow, i.e. in the future. That's just the way almost everything goes. Yeah. You know, it's eventually people will go to the next thing. Now, I've heard the argument from a lot of people that say, well, yeah, but you know what? Here's the difference, Tim. People have invested not just money into the phone itself, but in the ecosystem, apps. And I bought that argument for a while, but here's where it breaks down for me. David, what's by far the number one type of software that sells for the iOS? Games. Right. 
how many games do people buy that they keep coming back to over and over and over again for years? None. There are none. And if, uh, and if that yeah. was the case, people would never buy the Xbox One or the PS4 because it doesn't play the games that they've already purchased for their old game consoles. Well, yeah, I, I suppose to counterpoint that slightly, you could say that actually people are, we, we're all suckers in that we are actually playing the same games over and over again. We're but we're not going back to the originals, we're right. just buying the new version. Right. Grand you know, Theft Auto we, San Andreas came out for iOS. Yeah. I bought it. It was yeah. six bucks or something. I bought that game. This is the third time I bought it. I bought yeah, it originally for the PS2, then I got it for the 360, and now I've got it for this. Yeah. But even more fundamentally than that, if you buy, you know, Angry Birds Space, that that's still Angry Birds. Yep. It's just a different spin on Angry Birds. Yep. Um, if you buy. Um, uh, one of the leg. Well, the, in fact, there's a good example. I've been just been playing on my uh, iPad Air the uh, Lego DC Superheroes game. Yeah. That I bought a while back and never got around to playing. And now that I have a, a good iPad again, I've started playing it. I'm playing the heck out of it. But actually, fundamentally, that is the same as all the other Lego games. Sure. Yeah. The you know the the window dressing is different. Maybe some of the puzzles and the abilities are different. But fundamentally, at the core, all of those Lego games play exactly the same. It's Break stuff up, collect studs, solve the puzzles. Yep. Yeah? So those those are the same games, and yet we buy them, we buy them, we buy them. It, going back to your example about the Xbox One, when you go and play Call of Duty on the Xbox One, that's the same as Call of Duty on the Xbox 360. Each of those games has incremental improvements, but pretty much they're, they're all the same game. Halo is the same. All the big franchises are the same, and we keep on going out and buying effectively what is... A modification of the same core game again and again and again. So, with that in that respect, you're not necessarily tied in to that particular device because if you do decide to shift, yeah, you might. If there's no backwards compatibility, you might have to, you know, ditch all the software you bought for it. But then you're going to buy those bits of software again in new versions, maybe, for the next piece of hardware. Yep. So I, I don't think it's as much of a constraint, perhaps, as. Uh, as people think and certainly yeah i mean most I, any of us who are big ios users i dread to think how much i've spent on the app store but i i must have hundreds of pounds worth of software on sure. there yeah absolutely right but the thing is hundreds of pounds yes but probably less than than a, a, an avid gamer spends on xbox 360 games because yeah. those are 50 60 dollars a pop absolutely and if they've got a library of 20 30 titles that's yeah, a lot of money that's you know a couple thousand dollars yep so uh, again you know i don't think uh, it, it, humans have we have this kind of um uh, and maybe this is a western thing uh, perhaps something says something about our society but we kind of have this attitude which is Something you invest in is fine, but once you've invested in it, it's like, well, you've spent that money, it's gone. So actually, it doesn't matter. Yeah, there's I a good, a lot, I, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. 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 So, you know, as soon as you've, you know, you might save up for a, you know, you might buy, save up for a $20,000, $30,000 car. Yeah. You might even say up to buy that outright. But once you've done that, you, well, you've, you've bought, you've bought it, you know, you, you are more inclined to spend on something else in the future. Yep. Yeah, we're a very disposable income yeah. and disposable product society now. And in some ways, because the value of the software on the app store is lower, 
you are less there's inclined. Less, to, right, yeah. there's less inherent value that you're not really losing. Well, all it's that actually much. it's actually more value, but it it seems uh, no, there's no less, there's less, to in, the less total investment. Right. That's yeah. Right. No, when I say less value, I mean from a personal standpoint, it's it doesn't yeah. seem that valuable to you. It's yeah. easy to let go. Mm-hmm. Which brings me back to could iOS just be another fad? Could iOS really not be that important long term? I mean, uh, one product comes out that's really good, that captures people's imagination. They do a great job in promoting it. All the kids want it. It starts selling well, and you start seeing sales for iOS plummet. Is that in the realm of possibility? I say yes. In I, fact, I, I, I think that's probably yeah. what will happen. I wouldn't see it playing out quite like that. If you look at if you look at what Apple's done with the iPod, which effectively was their equivalent product of sure. eight, years, eight years ago, yeah, before the iPhone came out, the iPod was the same thing, and people kind of made the same argument all the way through you know is the ipod a fad is it you know is it going to be is it going to be forevermore what's what's apple going to do next and 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 what's going to happen surely at some point everyone who who needs an ipod will have one and sales will fall off a cliff this to me this this from what i've seen and i remember i came into the apple side of things much later than you you've been you've been a, a fan for a long time whereas i came into this from the PC side of things about 2005 2006. Right. So you know, I saw what happened with the iPod, which is uh, it it didn't fall off a cliff. It kind of had a long tail. And something else came along that that uh, that replaced it, and that was iOS. But that happens to be from the same company that made the iPod. Yeah, no, but I, I think that's exactly what Apple will do again. I don't. I don't think so. so. I think I think I think they recognize they recognize that, that, you know, they're a hardware company at the end of the day. That's where they make their, make their sales. They recognize they've got to have another piece of hardware that, you know, that appeals to all the people who currently have something and grows a little bit more. And I'm sure they're working on that. Now, whether that is iOS-based or not, I don't think they care. I think that they would quite happily, you know, kill iOS, just in the same way they killed OS 9, um, just in the same way they killed PowerPC, um, you know, Apple has a history of doing this if it if it feels it's in their interests. And I think what they would do is if they came up with a new a new piece of technology that couldn't or shouldn't run today's version of iOS, then they would. And, it, and even if that meant jettisoning backwards compatibility and familiarity and everything, I think they would do it in a heartbeat if they thought the overall product worked. I don't think they're precious about iOS. I don't think they're precious about particular hardware platforms. All they care about is producing the new thing that people are going to want to buy. And um, if if that's iOS, that's fine. If it's OS ten, that's fine. But if it's not, if it's something new, then it will be something new, and they'll just bring it out and they'll say to everyone else, "Oh, you know, well, thanks for the ride." But now this is on the this is on the downward downward. Yeah, but I don't think it'll be Apple that does that next. And here's why: I don't think they have. Tim Cook's doing a great job managing the company. Johnny Ives is a, a great developer or a designer. Yeah. Well, there's other people at other companies that are just as good as those guys are. 
And there's only a matter of time before one of those people come up with something that's, you know, just blows people away. But is that Steve Jobs' character? Is there a person like that at Apple who would have the guts to, to, to kill a very popular product like he did with the iPod? Well, that's, I don't think that, so. Yeah, that's an, that's an interesting... That's All right, so, so I see where you're coming from now. That's an interesting take on it. O- you know, only to, Steve Jobs would have killed the iPod to replace it with something else. Only Steve uh, Jobs would have done that. Uh, and And... Steve Jobs obviously was also famous for coming back to Apple and clearing the product lines Absolutely. ruthlessly yep. to uh, to put the company back on a stable footing. Right. So your your argument is is that um, iOS is now effectively the Apple II. Yes. That was the the thing that was so popular. And I'm not saying it so is. I'm saying is there a possibility could, that it could be? It could be. And that, are be. they ripe? Yeah. To have I, their I, ass handed to them like it like exactly what happened to them before and it's not because apple isn't innovative or anything like that it's that they don't have that strong jeff bezos type of person that is really the architect of all of this that has the authority to say no 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 instead of yeah okay we'll try it i think the problem the problem we have when we're trying to judge these sort of things for apple is is that it does come very much from your perspective whether you're prepared to give them the benefit of the doubt or not, there's a lot of people in the senior team at Apple that we know very, very little about. Yeah, we don't know. We, we don't know. You know what Bob Mansfield is like as a person. We don't know what um, Eddie Q is like as a person. We don't know how they approach the business, particularly because these people have have in the past. And, and so, so I'm not looking at Tim Cook and Johnny Ive. I'm talking about the people around them now, the next layer down, who are. I, in my opinion, have always been more important than perhaps they're being given credit for because everybody knew what Steve Jobs was like. But actually, those people have been put in... First of all, they were put in place by Steve Jobs. They were people who obviously he felt he could work with and did work with very successfully. You could, you can, If you give them the benefit of the doubt, you can only imagine that actually that process of knifing products and uh, selecting products to go forward and seeing the potential in things that, you know, at first glance probably aren't that great. I think we all accept now that the first, their first go at the iPhone, you know, when it was, even before it was, uh, you know, six, seven months before it was first demoed at, um, at Macworld, was a kind of an engineering prototype that was pretty bad. Yeah. But they saw the potential in it to refine it, refine it, refine it, to get it right. The real trick is... Under is the ensure, direction of Jobs, though. Under the Yeah, well, obviously. And the real trick is is whether, as a group, they can see the potential in the next products and say, yeah, that's the one we're going to execute and get it right, and that's going to be the thing. Uh, and they didn't always get it right, to be honest. I mean, look at the Apple Hi-Fi, which was, uh, while it was only a niche product, it was something they kind of made a big deal about, and then it turned out to be you know, a bit of a misstep. Yeah. Um, so they didn't always get it right. But the question, the question actually more fundamentally than your question, which is, will, is iOS just a fad is, is that team capable of making those decisions in the same way? Um, it goes beyond that, that. It's, do you also believe that there are teams at other companies either currently or just on the cusp of being there 
that has the same potential that the people at Apple has proven uh, over be, and over. I don't believe that any of the big tech companies are capable of working the way Apple does. And I, don't, I think for that reason, they will always be hamstrung. Look at, you, look, you have to look at Windows 8 as a good example. I use Windows 8 every day at work now. It's pretty much the only operating system I use apart from OS X. But certainly for business, I use Windows 8 virtually full-time. It's a great product. It really is. I even like all the Metro stuff. All the Metro stuff makes sense. And kind of the ones you get, you get your head over that discontinuity between the old world of Windows and what it is now, it still works, particularly on a, on a slate form factor. But the point is, is that product has been poorly executed in, in a hundred different ways. It's been badly marketed. It's been put on the wrong devices. It's been um, priced wrong. It's had mixed messages about its sense of the market. It's not had the developer support it needs. It's had a whole load of missteps that have come together to actually make the whole product devalued compared to what it should have been, which is actually is genuinely innovative and something new. And the, the reason for that is because they don't have that um, ability to execute well. And I don't think any of the big tech companies have. I think if anybody comes along and takes Apple's lunch away from them, it'll be somebody like a BlackBerry or somebody, for, you know, I'm talking about early BlackBerry or somebody um, from, you know, a Dropbox or a, or a, you know, one of these Kickstarter platforms who will hit upon a formula that really gels with people. And all of a sudden the product will blow up overnight into, into something huge. I don't think that the big tech companies are capable of, of, it, not only innovating, but executing as well as Apple can. I agree to a certain extent. I agree in that as long as the people that are currently in charge of those companies remain in charge, you're 100% right. Microsoft is an interesting company to look at because whether you agree or disagree that they all they did was enter markets that there was already a, an established leader copied what that company was doing and and made it more popular or not they do have an opportunity with a new leader and how much money that they have to really shake things up in the tech world i'm but, just I'm, yeah i'm just not convinced with microsoft that they can deliver quick enough i think if somebody who who had the charisma and the and managed to get the company buy-in that steve jobs did when he came back to apple were to be appointed um a CEO of Microsoft, I think even they would struggle at this point because the company is so large and so entrenched in the way it does things that they could not turn out a product, an innovative product that would take the market by storm. Uh, I don't think it's 12 size to 18 the months they need to do. Well, no, the problem is the bigger the company is, the more people you've got to convince to actually do things your way. Right, but that's not you the know. problem with Microsoft. The problem, problem with Microsoft and why they'll, they'll never get there is... Um, Bill Gates sits on the, is the board of directors and he's not going to let whoever comes into Microsoft radically change it the way it needs to be changed. There are, well, it, we'll see that there are, there are rumors that perhaps when the new CEO takes over that Gates and Ballmer will both step down from the board. Well, that's going to have to happen if, if, if whoever comes in and has to retool yeah. that company, that has to happen. You yeah. can't work in the shadow of those two people. No. So I do agree with you. It probably won't come from an established company, although it could. It could come from a Nintendo um, if they got out of just games and, and did the next big thing. It could come from Sony, but I, I don't think so anymore. They've lost the mojo that they had 15, 20 years ago. Uh, Microsoft, you just discussed why that's not going to happen. 
HP, they don't know what the hell they're doing anymore. No. Um, Dell has never been really a manufacturer. They've been more of a distributor more than anything else. Yeah. So I agree with you that it's probably not going to come from a current big company, but the chances of it coming from a smaller company are, especially today, the way we've democratized innovation and supporting companies financially, even before they have a product. Yeah. That's probably where it's going to come from. Yeah, I think I wouldn't, I mean, even then I wouldn't count, even if something blew up overnight into a huge, great big thing, then I'd still be inclined to say, well, that's more of the fad than something from Apple. You've got to remember that Apple, most of their products have come by taking the existing market and doing it subtly differently but in a way that that works better then when they got the mp3 market it was it wasn't it was wasn't new there was you know several other yeah, players on the market who, that's who were doing changed who that's... were doing well and then they came along and they changed it and right. i think even if even if something blew up to be massive tomorrow in the tech world you know some kind of new uh device that that really gelled with people came along um the question would be, would that be device be so well executed that Apple could not improve it with, together with bringing it into their ecosystem? Yes and, and no. Here, here's the issue. Apple changed themselves into a commodity products company with the iPod. And they got really good at being a commodity consumer type of product company. And they showed that with the iPhone. They showed that with the iPad. They did it with the Mac. They they made it more of a commodity and less of a, a geeky um, yeah. for the few. I just yeah. had this discussion with someone yesterday, as a matter of fact. Yeah. And they're a consumer electronics company. And here's the thing. People don't have loyalty when it comes to the average consumer electronics buyer. They don't have a loyalty to a brand. They just don't. They don't really care where the product comes from. It's just cool and new and different, and they like it. And if a, a smaller company comes out with something that's a phone or whatever it is, and it captures the imagination of the buyers, Apple is in big trouble. Well, I... And I, it if won't I, matter if, if, if Apple can do it better well, because that the, company's already there. Because well, let's that, be honest, the iPhone yeah. doesn't do everything the best. There's a lot of things that Apple, we talked about it last week, how you can't run two apps at the same time on the same screen on any iOS devices, but yet you can with Microsoft. Well, yeah, the difference is, is that in, when, it, when it comes to smartphones, Apple did that first, and I think that does generate a lot of brand loyalty. I think there's quite a lot of people who use the iPhone 5 and 5S today who basically have had an iPhone from day one. Oh, of and as course, far as, but, but as far here's as the it, thing. Well, yeah, but that, you're talking about, you know, I mean, the, the volumes are such, you're talking about hundreds of millions of users who, when they want to change their phone, the first thing they do is look at what Apple has. They don't even look at the rest of the market. No, but you, because, keep, you keep going back to the way things are now. I'm talking no, no, about if a company comes up with something really different, yeah. markets it extremely well, and it captures people's imaginations... That's going to change. That's well, exactly what I'm talking about. And they don't have that loyalty. They really don't, David. I, pe people you know, coming may not, from but yeah. a retail uh, store. Yeah. And 
by the way, just a quick announcement here. I'm no longer uh, with Mac Specialist, so uh, that's why I can more freely talk about Apple. Um, people don't have that loyalty anymore, David. They're much I, more yeah, cost-driven, and yeah. they're fickle, and but they want the next cool thing. And, and as much as you and I may like the iPhone and realize what a radical departure iOS 7 is, a lot of people were upset about iOS 7. A lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. And they don't have a loyalty to Apple. This is just the phone that they're using now. And they have some apps on there. And most people don't spend as much money as you and I do on apps and games on their iOS devices. There's no loyalty there. So if something else that came out looks really cool and is even easier to use and has Angry Birds or whatever it is, and people start buying it, it's going to hurt Apple long term. I I, I do agree with you. I think what protects Apple from that is that the, the margins on everything they sell are very high. So they 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 can they can soak up a, a loss. Yeah, of but sales. you could say the same thing but, with with Microsoft right now. Yeah, uh, well, the, the thing is, Microsoft does not make as much money. Not uh, they make they make no, did. they don't. That's the difference. Yeah, yeah, but the point the point is is that is that Microsoft. The difference between Microsoft and Apple is that people play Microsoft's prices grudgingly. People pay Apple's prices happily. No, I don't, I disagree with that. I, yeah, well, I, I I think I think again, the, you, you're talking about different segments of the market there. I overheard a conversation. I took my uh, my children swimming uh, the other day, and I have overheard a, a conversation about Christmas gifts up in the all the parents when the kids are swimming congregate up in the cafe because there are windows where we can see the pools, and um, I overheard some people talking about about Christmas gifts for the kids, as and one of them said, "Oh yeah, you know, he wanted an iPad." Um, but they're so expensive and we weren't sure and all this sort of thing. And then somebody said, oh, well, what about that Kindle Fire HD? That's pretty good. And it's much cheaper. And they went, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and they say, yeah, and he can, he can watch movies. We, we got one and the kids can watch movies on it. Oh, and you can even get Angry Birds on it and everything. Oh, and even better, the... Um, the apps on on the Kindle you can try before you buy. You don't have to buy them straight away. And often there's a free version which you don't get on the iPad. You know, and and the oh yeah, and it's better and it's cheaper and all this sort of thing. Now those people are never going to buy an iPad because as far as they're concerned, they don't understand the difference between that Kindle Fire and the iPad. And that's the vast majority yeah. of people, David. And that is the vast majority of people. But the thing is, is that. Um, Apple is still selling hundreds of millions of units every year to people who do understand the difference. There are enough people who understand the difference to pay the extra. And I don't think all those people are hardcore Mac geeks. I think there are plenty of people who really aren't that interested in technology but recognize the value of what the iPad brings. And every time they pick up one of these cheaper devices compared to the iPad, they go, yeah, I see. I get it. I think the the lower end of the market belongs to people who've probably never used one before. I think you make a very strong argument of why the iPad and the iPhone is successful right now. Yeah. But I go back to my point of yeah. when the next big thing happens. Those but, are but exactly let, yeah. the same people, David, that will go, but, "Ooh, that's I love true. my iPad, but wow, that's look true. at but what let, this thing does! I got to try me, this out." Yeah, but let me tell you 
what what again to go back to my what the point I was trying to make, what protects Apple from that is that ha- they have room in their margins to cut prices if they need to to stimulate demand and bring more of those people who maybe aren't with them today into the fold. Secondly, I think the ecosystem that's not, not, that's not a long term great strategy. No, it's no, it's not. But it but it's 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 a move. It's a, move, it's a protection move. I think the other opportunity they've got protection move is some small company blows up into some big product. They're sitting in so much cash, they can just buy them. If they, they can if that, just... If, yeah, they could if that company wants to sell to Apple. Well, you know what? If you've got enough money, you Tell can buy... Tell that to the Dropbox people because no, Apple you, also you, offered them the ocean of money and they said if no. If you've got enough money and particularly if somebody is, 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 is venture capital funded... Yeah, then you can buy them. I know this for a fact. I worked for a company that was VC funded and then and then had to be bought out by somebody else. Basically what happens if you get if you get started by VC and if you want to grow quickly, that's the only place you're gonna get the sort of money you need to grow quickly from. Yeah, those VC people want a return and they're the ones who decide who gets to sell. Not you. That's true. So if, if that's you are partic- true. And particularly if you're in a if you're in a manufacturing business rather than a software development business. Software development, you can get away without the VC, or you cannot be as beholden to the VC, because actually the real intellectual property of the company is the smart guys who wrote the software. But in hardware manufacturing, yeah, you need cash, because you need to pay for those tool lines, you need to pay for the Chinese production, you need to pay for the shipping, the logistics, and everything like that. You'll know this from, from, from the work you did at OWC. And the that that needs capital, and the only place to get that capital is a VC. And if if a VC that's the only f- place, well, it's it's the only place that that's readily available, unless you also have to be a brilliant, brilliant business brain. And or if you're, brilliant, you're very good at marketing, and and you get crowdsourced funding. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe that crowdsourced funding could could source the source of volume that we're talking about for a, an overnight explosion product. I don't think it can do that. It's just not big enough. You just need too much money. Manufacturing is a whole lot cheaper nowadays. Yeah, it is, but you know you've got to. And any innovative product isn't going to be dependent on the hardware. It's going to be software based. I don't. I disagree. That that I do disagree with. I think Apple has conditioned the market to expect the whole experience to be up to scratch. I don't believe people tolerate janky experiences because you know and give you give you concessions. If you if you just because you're a small, I think people expect, you know, they expect decent support. They expect things to be fixed. They expect their investment to be respected in terms of you don't junk what they just bought and, and replace it with something new six months down the line as you learn how to manufacture better. And and I think those things all hold small companies back, and you've got to get over those things. And the easiest way to get over them is have lots of money so that you can you can. Work those kinks out quickly and get the products out into the stores into people's hands. Here's and if you, other, if, you know, if you, I was just going to say, if, and if if you need that sort of funding, you need VC. And if you need VC, then you are always on the market, even if you don't know it, right? Because those guys always want their money back, uh, pre- pre- preferably with a, a nice 200 percent return on it. So the flip side of this, well, not the flip side. Another aspect that I was thinking, and it's not so much that is the I phone a fad or not it's what do you do with your iphone or your ipad really what do you do with it that you can't do with a mac or that you can't do with an android or a kindle tablet 
And the truth is, or even a phone, and the truth is nothing. There is nothing you can do uniquely different with the iPhone or the iPad that you can't replicate, maybe not as elegantly, with another device. That's true, but that, that you, you actually glossed over the important point there, maybe not as elegantly. That's, that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. I've been through this last few months. I've dumped my iPad and used a different manufacturer's tablet for a couple of months. I've, when I travel away, I don't use my iPhone because I can't because it's locked to a network and I can't change the SIM in it to somewhere local. So I've, I've used either an Android, Android phone or a Windows phone. I've worked away and not taken a Mac with me and used a Windows computer all the time. I've used Windows 8, I've used Windows 7, and you're absolutely right. There is nothing unique about the iPad or the iPhone in terms of what they do. But that using it elegantly, you'd be able to use it well, is the difference. The software is just, because it's more mature, it's just better on the, on the iPhone. Here's my fear of I Apple. It's just better. Is I don't see them doing anything different for the last few years. And they're not at all changing at all to what the market really is asking for. The last few years, people want a bigger iPhone. They just do. There's enough people that if Apple came out with a much larger iPhone, it would have sold like gangbusters. Uh, well, you know Maybe what? Maybe they're going to do yeah, it still. That's, but. You know what? That, that is something I hear a lot, and I am actually... I, I believe that is a regional problem. It's not. It's not a. It's not a, a worldwide problem. No, but when I the biggest market the, is Europe and yeah, the United States to combined, but, but and that's I, I'm where the big you, devices in, are. Where right. in Europe, big devices not such a big deal. Really, not such a big deal. It is in the United States. That's in the sure. United States, it might be, but here in Europe, it is not such a big deal. The two places it is, maybe the United States, though. Even even there, I'm not so convinced that it's that it's everybody who wants that as much as just a, a segment of the population want that. The big place where that is important is in the Far East. The Far East, and they love the big phones. Yeah. Everybody has a big phone, right? So that if, for, for the uh, Chinese and the Far East market, that will be increasingly important for Apple. And when but you come it, out with a product that is basically a, a two-year lifespan because that's how long the average mobile contract, at least in the U.S., lasts, you're, if you're not selling it to them, in 2011, 2012, the people who are interested in buying it aren't using your product for a while. You've lost them for at least two years. Yeah, and that's a big problem for Apple. I think I think this is going to become a. I think it's only just becoming a problem for Apple because it's only recently that um, I think Android is getting close to the point where it's meeting, it's fighting toe to toe with the iPhone on functionality. I agree. Uh, I think, and and I think it's important to say that is still just the phone market, not the tablet market. No, there I, is no tablet market. There's the iPad yeah, there's and the the, iP everything else. And I, I think you've got to. You, I think you what you can't dismiss is the fact that anybody with an iPad is very likely when they when they look at the smartphone is very likely to buy an iPhone. Because I've the, seen I've seen just the opposite though. I've seen people say, "Well, I bought an Android phone because I already have an iPad." And I say, "Why didn't you get the iPhone then? Because then that's same apps." It's, well, because this way I get the best of both worlds. Oh, yeah, I, I think that 
I think that's a minority view. I really do. Uh, uh, in my, my, in, in, in yes my no. I mean, I've seen a lot. People don't, most people who aren't technical don't want to learn have to do, how to do two, two things two different ways. They want it to be the same. They like the fact that, you know, iOS is, is actually cross-platform between the two. And you know what? It's really bizarre with Android that even though it's the same operating system, it's not properly cross-platform between a tablet and a phone. The, hmm. the, all the apps on Android are written for the phones. Yeah. Nobody Absolutely. thinks about the tablet. So nope. it, it's not cross-platform at all. Although you know, Microsoft is doing a pretty good job in that with Windows. Well, even there, a Microsoft Windows phone app does not run on a Windows 8 tablet. Right. That's the big problem. And they are completely and utterly different. And Microsoft is fixing that. They are bringing them together. But that that is not something that was in place under Stephen Sanofsky, no. who was the guy who pre previously had Windows 8. They had an opportunity to do that, and he said, no, I don't want to do that. And so, yeah, I was, I was mystified when I first started buying software for my Windows 8 tablet and then found it wouldn't run on my phone. I thought, what's going on here? Then I realized what was going on you know so so yeah there is no cross-platform um ecosystem between on the windows devices at all and that is a problem for them yeah. i suspect it's one of the reasons that's um that's slowing down windows 8 windows phone 8 adoption because effectively it's kind of a stub thing on its own rather than being integrated with that huge market that microsoft has the power to force onto people because let's face it we're not far away from the point of them saying oh yeah you want to buy windows it's windows 8 or nothing yeah i think the problem there isn't so much it's it's something totally different it's windows isn't cool anymore and an iphone and android is cool yeah that's the I biggest problem with with microsoft's products right now whether they work better or not they're not perceived as cool because it still has it windows word in there that's right and, and i think to get rid of that i think also what's happened if you look at um the big you know the the big principal computing market now is not desktops it's tablet yep. it's uh, laptops yeah and what apple's been able to do is they've been able to take the coolest laptops they make which is the airs and they've been able to squeeze down the pricing you remember how much the air costs when it sure. first came it was two and a half thousand dollars it was it was crazy money yeah but everyone kind of went well it looks really nice but it's a bit expensive for me they've pushed that down to they to be their entry-level devices and they they've pushed the price of those down to the thousand dollar mark which means people say well thousand dollars for a decent laptop or, or five hundred dollars for a crap windows laptop i'll save up for the thousand dollars and so they've 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 also been able to use that as a as a lever to get people into the Apple ecosystem, and I think that's also a strength that perhaps gets underestimated. Um, is the fact that that uh, whereas when iOS came along, you could have easily have said, "Oh well, iOS 10's had it," you know, that's become they've become become the runt of their business, and yeah, it's still the smallest part of their business, but it's by no means the runt. What about an iPad Air? with a touch screen that can run well, iOS device to go back to your software. to go back to your original question now is 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 iOS a fad mm -hmm. I mean that's what you originally said so yep. you know not not thinking about uh, a competitor coming along and eating their lunch or anything is iOS something which as soon as people start to lose interest in it Apple's going to lose interest in it I think iOS particularly on the iPad has changed the way people do computing so much that those those concepts will remain 
and there'll be I think there'll be concepts that Apple will continue to want to capitalize on because for another as far 10 years. As, yeah, as far as they're concerned this is their this is their beat. Yep. This is this is what they do. So whether that means that iOS and OS 10 converge I don't know. What I think actually will happen it, what I see is the 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 key thing for Apple in in the iPad if you look certainly look at how they've evolved the iPad is maintaining that 10 to 12 hour battery life. Yeah, maintaining the screen quality and maintaining, you know, all in all the the performance of the system. Yeah, those are the I think those are the things they see as the as the iPads sort of key differentiators. So I suspect what will happen is that as the chipsets refine and become more and more powerful, yet still deliver that same battery life, then what will happen is Apple will look at what's in iOS and they'll eventually they'll come to a point and say, well, actually, you know, by iOS eight or iOS nine, this thing's too old now. It was designed for a, a previous era of chips that now don't make sense. Now these things operate internally much more like the laptops of two, three years ago. And at that point, I think what they'll do is they'll fork it again and they'll either bring OS ten onto it with a an iOS-like look and feel. I'm talking about the regular OS ten. I'm not talking about the kernel OS ten that's yeah, in I iOS today. Yeah. Or alternatively, what they'll do is they'll say, well, let's rebuild ios from the ground up for this new set of chips yeah i think that's and probably maybe, what's going to happen and maybe at that point then they take a look at the intel os 10 on the laptops and say well actually what can we do here i think what's what's has been interesting is that whereas many many manufacturers are going for these touchscreen laptops now apple has deliberately kept touch on the ios side and so we'll, be, we'll see how that plays out Let's take a quick break, David, uh, drop a commercial in here, and uh, we're going to come back, read a little bit of feedback, and wrap up the show. We'll be right back. Hello, people. My name's Peter Bird, and I'm the host of the Deep Look podcast. The idea behind the show is that we talk to our guests, and we learn more about them, the subjects, the people, the things that shape their lives, or the things they're interested in, or the things they would possibly want to know more about. Basically, we just like to look a little deeper and see what's there to learn if that appeals to you or you like that idea or if even if you have a guest that you think we should try and speak to then come on by and give us a go we are part of the stoplight network Curious about Nintendo? Well, check out the Nintendo Club podcast. This podcast is done twice a week. We dive into all things Nintendo. We dive into the retro. We dive into current games, what we're playing, what cool Nintendo news is going on. Check it out here at the Spotlight Network, the Nintendo Club podcast. We broadcast this live out every Sunday evening starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. Check out the NintendoClubPodcast.com website for more information. TechFan145, if you guys want to get a hold of David or myself, go to techfanpodcast.com, leave a message there, and uh, we will uh, respond in kind, read it here on the show. David, we actually got uh, a feedback from last episode, and it was uh, from a friend, Miguel. Miguel, yeah. Miguel. Miguel, sorry. (laughs) It's one of those days. Uh, he says, on episode 144, you guys were discussing the BitTorrent download numbers versus uh, paying subs, and Tim said that you could buy Game of Thrones on iTunes, but you can't, at least not until after the Blu-ray set comes out. I've cut the cord, and I'm a huge fan of Game of Thrones, uh, Thorns, 
That's <laughs> what I'm going to say. Thorns. Uh, Game of Thrones, but it's not worth $80 a month, so I do BitTorrent the episodes the day after air so that I can keep up with the series. Although it's not legal, I feel ethical because I bought seasons 1 and 2 on Blu-ray and pre-ordered season 3. I know I'm probably in the small minority of people who buy Blu-rays afterwards, he is, but I do really enjoy the show and would like to see the story continue. Um, most shows are available on iTunes within 24 hours of broadcast. Yeah, uh, I wasn't aware that Game of Thrones, Thorns, <laughs> Thrones. <laughs> wow, uh, I haven't had breakfast or anything yet. By the way, <laughs> uh, I haven't even had a shower yet. Um, I wasn't aware that that wasn't available same day or the next day. App, uh, HBO's gone both ways with different shows, so I'm not really surprised. From an ethical standpoint, I think you're fine. Um, you already you, you're you're buying it. You just want to watch it before it actually officially comes out on the medium that you want to watch it on. I.e., you want it on digital. So yeah, ethically, sure. I don't I don't think you would have a problem there. Um, I wouldn't if if I if I knew I was going to buy it and I've already pre-ordered it. Fine, I I would have no problem bit torrenting it. The RIAA or whoever. <laughs> I'm sure they have a different view. They would have yeah. a different view. Um, and you're right. You're probably way in the minority of people who bit torrent an episode and goes, well, I'm going to buy it eventually. No, once once they already had downloaded it, I think a lot of people may be in a store and say, oh, look, season three on Blu-ray. Eh, I've already downloaded all those episodes. Yeah, I've already seen it. Yeah. I'm not going to pay money for something I've already seen. So, yeah, you're definitely in the minority there. But... It does raise an interesting point, David. Do you think that's ethical, what he's doing? Well, I kind of have the same sort of view myself about TV. I, I'm, I'm much more inclined to download something off uh, off the internet, whether it's a TV series, than a... Um, than a, uh, movie than a, a, a movie or, or, or something, like, or a, an album or something like that, where I think, you know, you are... Let's let's be honest. Once you watch a movie, you, most people aren't going to then go out and buy it no. on Blu-ray or DVD. So, uh, whereas a TV show is something, provided it's something that is available to you, and and it's funded by advertising or a subscription or whatever. So, yeah, in my my own instance, for in, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't feel comfortable torrenting Game of Thrones because I, I have no legal way of watching that on the tv here it's on sky and i don't have a sky subscription so therefore if i were to go and torrent that and watch it then that wouldn't really be quite right because i'm effectively stealing it because i haven't really got a an access route to watch it that i'm, that I'm funding okay but for instance the um these the british sitcom the it crowd which just recently finished so it was one of the unlike an American sitcom. This wasn't a thing that ran year on year on year. It they did two seasons back to back, and then there was a gap, and then they did another season, uh, and then a, a gap, and then another season. Then there's just a final episode, because most of the cast now involved in very other different things. It wasn't commissioned as a back to back year on year sitcom. Now I I recently downloaded the entire copy of that because I saw most of those episodes when they're on TV. I might have missed one or two. Um, and and I feel that 
that that shouldn't be if i want to watch that again which i do i do now want to watch it again i i shouldn't have to go out and pay for something that i've already you know seen and watched and and that sort of thing so i'm reasonably comfortable on that well i've got um, a i've got a situation that just happened this week david uh i'm a huge fan of sherlock love mm-hmm. it and yeah. i've been you know i've been following when season three was going to come out i i've been dying to see it how did he survive? Blah blah blah. Um, I, I've watched all the little webisode prequel things where yeah. I, I just couldn't wait for it. And it is legal to watch it in the United States. It's coming out here on, I believe, PBS. But it doesn't start till mid-January here. Well, it started this week. Yeah. In the UK, I, I watched it. And, Very good, it was too. And I don't want to wait another three or four weeks. And I pay for cable television. So I pay, yep. I, I, I'm paying for it. I just watched it early because, yes, I bit torrented it down. I didn't want to wait. And I'll bit yeah. torrent episode two when it comes out next week. No question. How many uh, episodes? Three again? Um, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, because it's a longer show. So I yeah. don't know whether it's going to be. Uh, and again, they're going to have this problem now that the guys are in it. Are now big movie stars. Yeah, so but but they're going to be less available, you know. But, well, um, but yeah, but they they're working it out because look, The Hobbit is three big movies, but you know, two of them are already aired, and they're still and they're already back on Sherlock season three. Yeah, and it's not I, an I, effects laden show either. I mean, each episode probably takes two or three weeks to film because they are movie length. Yeah, they are. But for the most part, they're talkies. And it's the same sets over and over and over. It's the police station. Yeah. It's somebody's apartment. It's his house. It's so it's not that big. Um, by the way, I, I did see the the new Hobbit movie. Wow. And, yeah. And it, and it, I was thinking about it as the dragon is talking to Bilbo. Oh, it's mm-hmm. it's it's <laughs> it's the it's, Sherlock series, right it's there. Sherlock, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's That's Sherlock, and he's talking to Watson. Yeah. Um, but they did put some. Uh, effects on the voice for the dragon so uh, it was really good um <laughs> but it dawned on yeah. me halfway through so, that uh, scene i'm, I'm like, just oh. i'm just looking online with it yeah. but but the the point is i'm legally able to watch it here in the united states i can actually my my dvr is already set up to record it i don't need to watch it now but i'm, I'm legally able to record it and watch it a hundred times if i want to on my dvr yeah, I just got the BBC version a couple weeks ahead of time. Ethically, I'm fine with it. Legally, probably not. So there you go. Mm. Yeah, well, this is the thing, you know. It's um, you get this kind of weird discontinuity between what's right, what's legally right, and what's legally wrong based on rights and. It doesn't often doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. No, and I think that the the thing about laws is they change over time. As behaviors change and what becomes acceptable in society, laws change to reflect that. Gay marriage is a prime example. Yeah, it's being becoming legal in every state here in the United States over time. It's still illegal here in Michigan, unfortunately. Um. But it's becoming the social norm. There was a time that a white person couldn't marry a black person in the United States. It was a, it was against the law. 
but those laws change as society grows and and changes as well those kind of changes to the law will eventually happen when it comes to content that we can download and watch on tv it just will and uh i think it needs to yep and and we need to get rid of some of the borders between different countries when it comes to content the bbc has a ton of content that i love but i can't watch most of it because they don't broadcast it in the united states the United States has a ton of content, David, that you would l- love to watch, but yeah. you can't because it's not available in iTunes, and they don't stream it to your country so, on Netflix. You know, some of some of the things that you see now, I what I I read a lot of uh, on my on my newsreader. I I read these kind of blogs where they where they show videos and funny stuff and things like that. And this the number is- of times. Yeah, the number of times you click on one of those things and you get a pop, even though the the video is embedded in the blog, you click on it and you get a thing saying, "Oh, a UMG has has um, has blocked this content from your uh, region from from other from other sites. Watch on YouTube." Or if you go to YouTube, well, here's a, here's a better example, David. Somehow my laptop, um, my MacBook Pro, mm-hmm. I don't I. I can't figure out where this setting is because it's nowhere on the computer, but for some weird reason, Comedy Central's website thinks that I'm in the UK. And I can't watch any of their content because it says this is not able to stream to to your region. Yeah. I I don't know why. I've never I it's it's really weird. But so if I want to watch that, I have to a I have to fire another browser up, and it works fine there, but yeah. it doesn't work in the other browser. So there's something, some setting that I cannot find in Chrome that will not allow me to watch content on Comedy Central, even though they see that I'm in the United States for my IP address. Doesn't matter. So that's a huge problem that needs to be overcome. It's it's just more of this effectively the you know the imposition of drm it's the same thing mm-hmm. you know their technical imposition is stopping you from doing something that actually you have a perfectly legal right to do and you know what it's not stopping anybody outside the country who really wants to watch that content from watching it well none of these protections that these companies set up whether it's a serial number for a piece of software um drm it, those who want it illegally will always be able to get it you're not stopping anything. The only thing that they're really doing is inconveniencing people like you and I who have every legal right to do what we want with that content. Yep. They're just inconveniencing us. So with that, we're going to inconvenience the listeners and stop recording now, David. Remember, <laughs> <laughs> we're doing them a favor. One of the two. Uh, we'd love to hear what you guys think. Um, what do you, What do you think? Is it... Are you morally right? Am I morally right to be able to download Sherlock weeks before it comes out in the United States? Because because I'm greedy. I'm gluttonous. And I want to watch it. I want it now, 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 now. I can't wait. So I broke the law, technically. Although, who? which law did I break, David? It, uh, nobody here in the United States because they don't own that content. Well, yeah, I think I think uh, Sherlock in the States is published on BBC World or BBC America. No, PBS. So, uh, Public Broadcasting, which is supported by tax dollars. Um, yeah, I'm sure you broke 
something. You, you must you must you must have upset <laughs> the BBC somehow, <laughs> or the gods, You're, because we're getting snowstorms here now. <laughs> yeah, but at Damn least yeah, having said that, the Skype gods have after that that first um, that first wrinkle have have played yeah, okay. Yeah. So maybe we're doing something okay. Got to be doing something good. So with that, we're going to wrap up Tech Fan number one forty five. We really do appreciate you guys listening. Um, there's some changes afoot. We'll see how it affects uh, Tech Fan, but I have every intention of this podcast continuing. It may affect you know how David and I when we record or how we record, but uh, you know the last thing I want to do is uh, too much disruption to the show, David. So yeah, we, we can we can always write letters to each other and just read them out. And just read them, them. yeah. Oh, I'll record my end of the conversation, and then you could respond. Just and, fill in the bits, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, Tim, <laughs> I think you are wrong. Click. How so, David? Click. Well, Tim. <laughs> you know, you know what? Actually, that probably would make not 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 in short form, but doing long conversations to each other back and forth and just emailing them will probably make an interesting podcast. We should try that someday. Yeah. I could start a conversation and then stop it, send you the GarageBand file via Dropbox. Yeah. You record your bit, yeah. you know, a 10-minute rebuttal or whatever, and yeah. then you stop, and then I record another bit, and then you record another bit. That would be fun. That would be fun, We yeah. should try that sometime. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you check out techfanpodcast.com. You can uh, also find us uh, at mymac.com. Every new episode of TechFan is posted there as well. Um, David and I will both be on the my mac podcast at some point this year to celebrate 10 years of that show being broadcast and there is going to be uh four best of episodes of my mac the first two have already been put together i did that and uh they're very interesting david you're in the second half of uh one of them uh you'll be in more of the third best of show because that hits right when you were doing the show Mm-hmm. And then the last one will be gay, gay guy and gas. <laughs> <laughs> Slip of the tongue, I swear to God. Um, but, uh, you know, check out mymac.com. Uh, I own that site as well. And, and as a matter of fact, as we wrap up, David, I've got two reviews up there. If you remember the Nakamichi products that I talked about oh, three yeah. or four episodes ago, my reviews are now live. You remember the speaker system that I was talking about that mm-hmm. I was really impressed? Yep. Uh, the more I used it, the less impressed I was. Oh, dear. So go read the review of that. And then the headphone, the Bluetooth headphone from Nakamichi, that came out the very next day, yesterday. And uh, that got a much better review. So make sure you check those out. And if you want to discuss that next week, David, let me know. And in the meantime, uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Bye. Cool. Cool.